I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I don't. Some bad hat hair. It's a cool bit of soul. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I am Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing BoJack Horseman Season 6, Part 2. Do. Damask, mm. how are you doing today? Oh, wonderful, Broderick. I am just, you know, floating along, living my best life at every second of every day. How are you? <laughs> Great, thank you. I don't know if I'm that good, but... <laughs> no, me either. That's the depression talking. <laughs> um, no, I'm all right. You're all right? Yeah. Uh, any exciting news going on in your life at the moment? How How's the placement going? Yeah, it's fine. It's boring. Whatever. Let's move on. It's nearly done. Watching yep. anything fun at the moment? Ooh, I've been watching Avenue 5 and I fucking love it. Tell me about Avenue 5. I don't know that Avenue show. 5, it's done by the guy who did Veep. Um, it takes place in space, so it take, in the future. So space exploration is really now just like a bunch of people going on like giant spaceship cruise ships. Yeah. Um, exploring. They'll go for a quick little trip, couple of weeks, come back to Earth. This specific cruise ship, which is called Avenue 5, hits a bit of a disaster and so they won't be returning in their expected date. And so it's all about like the people on that ship dealing with that in a very veep type of way. So is that sort of like, is it Voyager, Star Trek Voyager? It's the one where they get lost in deep space or is it Deep Space Nine where they get lost deep in Deep Space Nine. Right. Oh, no, no, it's Voyager. So Sorry. it's like Voyager, yeah. except instead of it being like part of a military ship. It's a fancy ship, people cruise ship. It's a fancy people cruise ship. That mm-hmm. sounds kind of Full of cool. nothing but narcissists. Yeah. Right. And it's, isn't that great reviews? But it's so in line with Veep. Like it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's a bunch of people that you would hate speaking very quickly at one another, being very quippy, and I enjoy it very much. So this sits – because we've talked about this before. Mm. There's a line for you when it comes to people who are assholes. Yes. Where if they're just assholes and mm-hmm. they're not funny enough, you reject it immediately. Yeah. But obviously it hits that just The premise the right is of- so absurd yeah. that I don't feel personally affected by it. <laughs> um, and also I do find it quite funny. And Jessica's St. Clair is in it, who's one of my favorite comedians slash podcasters. Where can people watch Avenue 5? In Australia, you can see it on Foxtel. Um, but otherwise, I believe it's a HBO production. So, wherever you can get HBO in your country, go for it. Very nice. All right, let's get to our spoiler-free review of BoJack Horseman Season 6, Part 2. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Three months after dropping Part 1, BoJack Horseman returns for the second half of its final season, as the titular anti-hero's relatively settled life is rocked when the sins of his past finally come home to roost. And yes, I am a little sad they didn't make a chickens coming home to roost joke. 
Like part one, season six, part two consists of eight episodes, each coming in at around 26 minutes and took us approximately three and a half hours to watch. Damask, before we get into our reviews, yes. can you please once again mm. uh, give us your feelings on Bojack Horseman as a whole and particularly mm-hmm. season six, part one? Yes. So as a whole, I absolutely love the show. It took me a little while to get into it. I wasn't a huge fan of season one, but as we progressed, I fell more and more in love with what the show was doing. Um, I didn't fall more and more in love necessarily with the character of Bojack Horseman. Horseman. I don't know why I said it like that. Horseman. But it, you know, I enjoyed so much of what they were doing, what they were speaking to. I personally connected with it a lot. Um, So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show. Big, 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 big fan. Season six, part one, however, because I was used to like kind of fully realized stories, part one being kind of cut off short Mm. was a bit of a shock. I wasn't really expecting that. So I wasn't like super like pumped with part one, but that's simply because of the nature of the beast, you know, realizing that they had to finish, cut it off and then made their kind of ending and now we're getting part two. So I didn't judge them too harshly on part one. Mm -hmm. Um, But as the show as a whole, I'm a huge fan. I think it's one of the best shows I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. What about you, bro? Cool. Uh, Very much similar. Uh, Particularly the first season was just like fine. Mm. It's funny, since watching the finale, I went back to watch the pilot again. Mm. And actually, there's a few like references to the first season and Mm -hmm. the the show as a whole throughout all its seasons in the last season – so I was going back and just looking for little things there and exploring it through again. And yeah, it doesn't st- start off on a strong way, on, mm. on a good foot. Um, but it's steadily picked up. By the end of season two, I was very much into it. Season three, I loved. Yeah. I've really enjoyed the show all the way through. Similar to you, season six, I thought was good, um, but not the strongest this show has been. You could feel that it had been affected by having to try and cram all this mm. stuff into the finish. That itself, as only half a season, felt unfinished, but it was easily to understand that because we were still waiting for part two. It literally was unfinished, yeah. It, it literally was unfinished. And it was fine, but the, not the best the show had been, but I was eagerly anticipating mm. this part two of the final season. So with that in mind, Damas, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of the final episodes of BoJack Horseman? Yes, I can. I'm not ready, but I can. Go Absolutely. None of us are ever ready. No. Uh, I feel like Diane trying to write her memoir in which she begs, make sure it means something. I want my final review of Bojack to perfectly describe what it has meant, what it has felt like to follow along. But that is really hard and most likely impossible. So I'm just going to rant a little bit until I feel vaguely satisfied. So please, please bear with me. I was literally just sitting at my keyboard here just kind of smashing stuff out i'm glad we're approaching this the same way that's that's uh, reassuring (laughs) so let's just see what comes out here so there are episodes this season that had me walking away from my tv feeling numb simply because it was so painful and so familiar it merged the searing sting of letting the people you love down with the stirring hope you feel when they come through for you anyway has a show embodied the word bittersweet more than Bojack Horseman? This season won't let the viewers forget all of the terrible things that have come before, even if the character Bojack tries to move forward. And that's good. 
One of the many things that this show does is highlight just how much we must continuously reckon with our past behaviors as the public perception as well as our own relationship with those events change. The past is not a stagnant point that we move further away from. It comes with us and interacts with what we're doing in the here and now. That can be a positive thing or a very, very bad thing. It totally depends on our relationship with the past. Bojack's journey into becoming a better person isn't simple, isn't easy, and it begs the question, is the aim of being a better person even productive or possible? It suggests an end goal, a vision of someone that makes the right choices, who has moved past all trauma and wiring that has prevented the existence of positive relationships and decision-making in his life. As opposed to achieving an idyllic self, we instead need to actively engage with the choices we make every moment of every day. This show has love built into its very fabric. For all the hardness and cynicism of the protagonist, every character feels as though they are being held by the writers. No one is abandoned, no one is ripped off, but they're also not coddled. This show doesn't torture its lead for torture's sake. Suffering occurs because it is truthful. Actions have consequences and we have all made decisions that need reflection and that can and should activate change. But that change doesn't necessarily spark redemption. It simply sparks recognition of self. This season details that if a public figure does terrible things, it is about so much more than those terrible things. The outward destruction, the careers that were never pursued because people were turned off by the industry, the lives destroyed by alcohol and addiction because of trauma. And no matter how much personal growth has taken place, the toll felt by those around that figure shouldn't be negated. Bojack Horseman isn't about the all bad or all good that we have come to expect in the conclusions of story. Instead, it decides to leave us thinking and reflecting on the middle ground that makes up most of life. Life just keeps going. Past the highs, past the lows, it just keeps going. And those that live lives that they enjoy are those who grow to fit comfortably in the middle. The end of this show is rather daring when considering where it leaves our main characters. And I'm looking forward to discussing the finale as we go into our spoiler-filled review. The ending, and the show as a whole really, isn't great because it taught us X, Y, and Z about abusive people, addiction, mental illness, or celebrity culture. It's a great ending because it felt real. And in reality, it is messy and nuanced and without a feeling of completion. Lessons aren't learned and then magically absorbed into your being. They are learned, forgotten, remembered, discarded, hated, and if you work really, really hard, sometimes eventually retained. Life keeps going, people come and go, you feel sad and confused and happy and excited, but it just keeps going. The wheel never stops spinning. This show was something pretty special to me, as you can probably gather from the bizarre thing that I've just spilled out to you. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, And it goes beyond the narrative on screen. It has been the catalyst for reflection and growth for me personally. Stories that allow you to identify with the hero or the lovable underdog are easy to come by. But a story that activates that part of your brain that acknowledges your own flaws, the ones that you keep very secret, but that tell you that you're still a person of value. 
you've just got to try harder to not harm those around you. That kind of show does something really, really valuable. This show is a five-star show. It's one of the best I've ever seen. You need to watch it. You really do. That's my review. Wow. <laughs> is that too much? No, no, I just feel gun shy now because I've got nothing to compare to that. <laughs> okay. Um, that was wonderful and I look forward to talking to you in depth about the uh, the final season but also mm. the show as a whole when we get to spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, when we originally were meant to record this episode, I was feeling like I was still digesting not just mm. these last eight episodes, not just this last season, but the show as a whole. But as time has passed and we've been able to revisit some parts of this season, do some reading and do a lot of thinking, um, those feelings have slowly formed into something more solid. I'm going to start with the big, biggest negatives of part two. And it isn't surprising. It's the same as part one. And that's the, des- the decision to release this season in two halves. It simultaneously feels too short and somehow too stretched out. In our excitement to talk about BoJack again, we have done separate reviews for each half of this final season. And maybe that was our, our mistake. However, they released them apart from each other. So it's hard not to argue that they were intended to be viewed as they were released. And as such, I think my feelings that this break had a negative effect on my viewing of this season is valid. And yet, simultaneously, this season as a whole does feel too short. So much needed to happen. So many ideas and characters and resolutions need to be squeezed into it that it feels like some opportunities were maybe missed with some of the characters. Mr. Peanut Butter has never and will never be given his proper due. He reaches a cathartic moment, but it's just that, a moment, and that isn't enough time to properly explore what this moment of self-realization really looks like for the character beyond a couple of short but meaningful conversations. But these are also understandable hiccups made in an effort to reach an ending earlier than maybe the creators expected. And we can look if we can look beyond those shortcomings, behind them is an incredible dark yet wholly satisfying and somehow equally unsatisfying in all the right ways ending that might be exactly what this show needed. I'm not going to go too much further than that at this stage. I don't really think I can add much to what Damask said, but in a way without trying to spoil anything, and this really just comes down to my expectations. I think the thing that makes this ending feel whole is that one way or another, it feels like every character got what they deserved. Mm. And that is both good and bad <laughs> uh, for the characters in the show, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's great for what the show, where the show leaves us. But it does, as you said, it sort of doesn't finish on some big epiphany or anything like that, much like real life. It beautifully is left with the conversation still going. There's so much to think about. I just want to go back and explore not just this season, but the, the whole show again. Think about what this ending means as I reflect back on other events that took place. I know how you felt when you said you felt numb at times when you're watching mm. this show. And that was my initial feeling. I just felt sort of numb and I wasn't sure what my thoughts were. But now I feel happy to say that this is a terrific, um, really incredibly incredible landing that they've stuck right at the end here for this show with what they had. It could have very easily um, been a bit of a disaster because they tried to rush it. I'm sure for some people it won't be satisfying. They wanted something in particular out of this. Mm. Maybe some easier answers than what the show gives us, but I think it needs to be um, commended for being as great as it was. It's it's a truly excellent ending. 
Um, and I don't want to say anything more than that until we get into spoilers. So we'll, instead, we'll just give our final score and ranking. How would you rank this half a season of television out of five, Damask? For a show that I think is a five-star show. Yes. And this ending is exactly what I, not what I expected, mm-hmm. but exactly what I needed and realized after the fact that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it five stars. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving it a 4.5 mm-hmm. for the criticisms that I went into great detail about, about the way that this season was handled, this mm-hmm. half season was handled, the shortcomings of that. Mm-hmm. Those are not necessarily um, criticisms of the creators. No. It is a criticism of the season circumstances. as it exists because mm. of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Because I think that is, that is part of how this is. It, it resulted, it, it, it's part of its creation, mm. are its circumstances. And its circumstances had an, a profound effect, a profound enough effect mm. that it prevented it from being as great as maybe it could have been with a bit mm. more time. That being said, if this mm. show was allowed to go on for another 10 seasons, maybe it would have devolved into absolute yeah. trash too. Maybe this is exactly what we, the show needed Can as I just well. say, like, this is one of the most affecting and best endings I've ever experienced in television. I think the if, you, if we were just to talk about the last two or three episodes mm. in particular, mm-hmm. it would be hard not to argue they are exceptional. Yes. But I'm not just rating the last three episodes. I'm rating no, the entire of thing. Not. And if we're talking about one or two or maybe three characters' storylines, even mm. I would say it's exceptional. Again, a shortcoming of the show has been along the way that some characters aren't. Some characters are given more than they should be given in terms of time on screen, <laughs> and some characters seem they've seemed to struggle yeah. to find that next level with them. And I always felt the potential was there, and I didn't mm. ever get there, including in this season. I would argue, but. The core, the core is so strong that the the effect of that is only minor, yeah. hence why it's a 4.5 for me. And I just want to reiterate again yes. that something that you and I have both said, yes. this show, while not receiving five stars for any of the seasons beforehand, yep. is a five-star show. I think it potentially could be a five-star uh, five show. We've talked about the potential for a show to have... I think this is absolutely a five-star show. We're going to talk about that at the end of all of this. We're talking okay. about our thoughts of, yeah. of the season as a whole. Sorry, the show as a whole. Because mm-hmm. I want to discuss that with you because that was my feeling for a long time. I'm not decided yet. It's exactly absolutely decided in my Ob- mind. Obviously, for you, it's a five-star yeah. show. And we'll talk about that then. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we would really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one to six of BoJack Horseman. Before listening any further, we recommend watching the complete series run of BoJack Horseman. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Uh, Before we get started, and the reason I'm putting it spoilers because it is a spoiler if you haven't watched it, but... Before we get started in our talk today, trigger warning, um, content warning for anyone who m- may be affected by discussions of suicide and self-harm and those sorts of things. I think mm-hmm. it's important. I anticipate that the bulk of this next discussion is going to be about BoJack mm-hmm. and what happens to BoJack in the ne- in the last eight episodes. Yeah. Um, I hope we have some time to talk about the other characters, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Diane I'm looking forward to talking mm-hmm. about. Me too. Um, Princess Caroline a little bit. Mr. Mm-hmm. Peanut Butter and uh, Todd less so. But <laughs> let's just sort of start where things left off. We ended the first part of the season with Hollyhock finding out uh, about what happened with Bojack and Charlotte. Or is it Charlotte's daughter? The Charlotte's daughter. Charlotte's isn't it? daughter. Okay. And then we've got Paige Sinclair on mm-hmm. the trail of a story. One of my favorite in- voice performances. Involving Sarah I love Lee. It. You got a bunch ton. <laughs> Of, uh, Fuck, of it makes me laugh. Paige Sinclair in there as well. Yeah. And then over the course of the first few episodes, Bojack is, you know, settling into what seems like a pretty happy life as yeah. a professor of acting. Um, How do you find this, this version of Bojack now that he's sort of, you know, dealing with his addiction quite well, mm-hmm. he's not drinking, he's sort of found what might be a stable and happy life. Well, it's the mounting sense of tragedy, isn't it? So, because he is in the good place, like, not the show, obviously. <laughs> um, That'd be a crossover. <laughs> he's in a space where, like, he's finally kind of seemingly got his shit together and apparently mm. changed, though that change is obviously questioned when he's genuinely challenged and you realise there isn't a whole lot of change that's taken place. But at that moment in time, you do think that, you know, he's in a good place, he's changed, he's working his ass off to kind of be a better version of himself. He's trying to develop a relationship with his sister. 
So it's building you up, which I liked, but I also liked the sense of impending, impending doom. doom that is over his head. Yeah. Um, imagine for a second the show ended here or maybe a couple of episodes ago when mm. he moved and became a professor and, and sort of, you know, he'd stopped colouring his hair and allowed himself to grey out and sort mm. of matured and evolved or morphed into this different person. Do you think an ending that was as happy as his situation seemed would have been appropriate? Would you would have enjoyed in no. any way? No, of course not. Because we this show for the last three or four seasons mm-hmm. has reiterated constantly Remember when he did this? Mm-hmm. Don't you forget? Don't you dare fucking forget that he did this? And it's not always like in the form of Bojack is having that realization, mm. but you know, often like secondary characters discovering things or things happening behind the scenes that us as the audience is constantly reminded, don't you fucking forget that this happened? And he's like often being able to like, you know, go on with few consequences, whatever. So, with that theme, that constant reminder in your mind, if it ended here, I'd be like, well, what was the fucking point? Well, the the, the point if that happened, and I'm mm. definitely not saying it should have happened, <laughs> yeah. um, is what probably a lot of shows that have had characters like BoJack totally. would do, right? Yep. It's this yep. idea that we've spent this entire time... Mm-hmm. He has always been this shitbag, but he's maybe a there's, man. there's a good guy in here. And if he tries hard enough, he'll be able to yeah. be better. And he's working uh, with kids, man. He's changing lives. Evolve past his previous sins. And maybe he should, we should just allow him to have that second chance. I think there's a lot of shows that have would do that and have done that, in mm-hmm. fact. Um, God, you could even argue that on some level, that's what happens in The Good Place with mm-hmm. Michael, for instance. Like, mm. there is... It's easy to just easier to just go. Yes, they were bad once upon a time, but now they're good, and yeah. so that's a learned. That's ending. now who they are as and, a person, and that that's enough as though for a, a TV call show. Can be changed like that. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. That's not what happens. Obviously, nope. Paige Sinclair gets her story. Uh, she's going to release it to the press, mm-hmm. and he gets a heads up. And then it's about going to damage control and trying to figure out what to do. Mm. So this is an interesting part. He's got uh, PC and Diane with him, um, mostly in the scene. And they're trying to go through his laundry list of like... The close-ups of those whiteboards The whiteboard, the list so of funny. things on that he's I mean, done the past. Disgusting and terrible, but also funny. <laughs> There's a lot of funny stuff about. in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of his uh, lines there, they can't get me on old shit. I'm a different person now. <laughs> But I think that totally sums up where he thinks he's at. Mm. And again, where other another TV show, a lesser TV show might have gone with this character. Mm-hmm. Um, were you feeling any sense? Like, were you feeling sorry for Bojack at all at this point? Was there any sense of like... Yeah, I think like through all the shit, we have built up a sense of empathy for Bojack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what I like is that like we've had an opportunity to understand his background. So we do can empathize with him. But I think the show has been really good at showing us that that is not an excuse. You can empathize, but not excuse bad behavior. Um, And so, yeah, you feel bad because naturally, as you were saying, the story would normally go, he's done the work to redeem himself. Therefore, he can't be punished Mm -hmm. for past crimes. And if he is punished, that is unjust. Um, So you have this feeling of like, oh, fuck, like he's on the right path. Mm. All this stuff's coming out. But- this show does a really good job of sh- 
kind of displaying that like, well, it's right that that should be coming up, that it should be a discussion. It should be something that he has to reckon with. So while you don't want it to happen to him, you know that it absolutely has to happen to him. Is that not how you felt? Um, No, I think that's exactly how I felt. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, you're waiting for the shit. It's it's that... It's like you want to ha- it deserves to happen, you want it to happen, mm. you feel sorry for him that's going to happen, but yeah. you're also oh, excitement's not the right word, but you anticipation. Anticipation of, of how this is all yeah, going to go totally. down. And so the choice is made, he's given the advice from Diane to own it, to mm-hmm. um, accept it, um, and then has, yeah. have a discussion from there. PC's advice is to deny it. Mm. And then hopefully it'll go away, basically, and they'll deal from it there. They'll deal with the um, uh, damage control from there. Mm. He chooses to deny it. That's his response. Yeah. The plane is gone, as uh, Diane says. Yeah. You can't get back in the plane anymore. Um, from there, they do what I anticipated. I want to sit in that moment for a little bit. Sure, please. Between Bojack and Diane. Sure. Because I think, yeah, it does a great job of... We know all this shit about jo- Bojack just as Diane does. Mm-hmm. And when given the two options, we clearly know what or I assume morally what is the right thing to do. And he's got the, you know, the, the angel and the devil on his shoulder mm-hmm. about what to do about that. And the disappointment that Diane feels is absolutely the disappointment that I felt. Mm-hmm. Being like... I, like you've been through all this shit yeah. and I've had to watch it and sit here. And at this moment when you've told me that you have changed so much and I absolutely at this point in time am totally rooting for you and for you when I'm staring in your fucking eye and it's all here on the whiteboard, all of the things you've done and we, we're honest communication between each other and you're going – to do that, you're going to take the fucking shit easy route. Such like sadness for you, and also fuck you-ness. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. Like years of all that stuff has totally made me like. At that point, we're all Diane. We yeah. are all Diane, and it's just like, it's such an emotional moment of like such disappointment in someone that you like want to believe in but realize that it's a fallacy. It was a good, it was a fucking hard hitting moment. That Absolutely. One. Uh, I think it's the last time Diane talks to Bojack before there's a phone conversation mm. later on. And yeah. Then, in the final episode. Um, from there. The penultimate episode? Not the penultimate. Oh, yes. There's, there is a conversation there though. I'm not sure how much of that is actually what was Yeah, said. real. Yeah. Um, we... Then move back to Hollywood mm. and we're seeing the initial fallout of this story coming out. And the thing that I anticipated was going to be a big feature of this season mm. ended up being mentioned once and they moved on because I don't write this show and there's a reason I don't write this show. They <laughs> talked about cancel culture for all of 10 seconds in a news interview, which was a th- I was like, oh, this is what it's going to be all about. 
Uh, yeah, it's just swept past because there's so much more to talk about than that. Mm. Um, and we get to the point where eventually Bojack agrees to do the interview. It's a very, very staged interview. PC's behind addressing it. They're going to get out in front of the story. He's going to mm. apologize and admit his fault. But essentially, um, he's contrition, going... Contrition, contrition. I'm sorry. Exactly. My trauma. Let's move on. Yeah. And it very much turns into the situation that happened when we were talking about the forgiveys a couple of seasons back, mm. which I... Which I I'm proud to say I did think it was something I did get right mm. that that had to be addressed because that situation had been made so clear of how easily it seems that men who have done stuff like Bojack seem to be able to move on career-wise mm-hmm. and get a sort of um, forgiven by the public when they're famous and yeah. we like them, right? Mm. And so that initial interview and where everyone seems to be like, hey, giving him a free pass. Oh, what a hero what- for admitting that he's a fuckhead. What were your feelings at that point about where the show was and what it was doing? And about Bojack. At what point? The first interview? That first interview and an initial reaction after the first interview where, you know, he wakes up the next day well, and like P- s- I think what is yeah. PC's text is like, uh, you did it or so, you did a good job or something yeah. like that. Um well I think because you nailed, you of nailed it, sorry. The nature of Bojack's reaction to that validation again tells you as an audience member, oh, no. <laughs> like, you just have that, fuck. Like, that interview is a great interview. Mm. And I, like, you know, honestly, if I saw some fuckhead who I was like, cancel him, did an interview with like that, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe, like, he is a good person. Sure. Like, that kind of, like, classic manipulation of, like, you know, you're quick to forgive because mm-hmm. you want to forgive. You don't want to carry, like, shit like that around with you. Especially if it's someone you like, you want yeah, to believe that they can get better, do. that it was in their past, it's not who they are anymore and that 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 we can all be okay and you'll feel better about yes. that too. You'll feel yeah. better about liking them. You're able to be angry for a moment and self-righteous sure. and all that stuff and then you're able to, you know, give forgiveness and doesn't that make you feel good about yourself? All that kind of stuff. Um, but then we see the cyclical nature, the um, pathology of Bojack, this incessant need for get it, you give him a bit, you give him a bit of validation, and his like addictive personality goes in overdrive, and he needs more, and it's insatiable, and he cannot stop himself because it's in his very wiring, it's in his DNA, it's like all his intergenerational trauma of needing to be loved and grasping at things for validation. All of that just comes out in that moment where he's forgiven, given validation, saying you're you're worth this, you know, you're you're a hero, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you just see like the rise and the inevitable fall. I'll just read this quote that mm. puts so perfectly from Les Chappelle at the AV Club. Bojack might have kicked the pills and cut the booze, but he could never get over his addiction to the applause. And it's the idea that he's Yes, it's that constant need for validation. That mm. is the ultimate addiction. And possibly for Bojack himself, this might be, for me, the biggest tragedy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not the worst thing he's ever done by a mile. No. In fact, it's not really that bad in the grand scheme of things because ultimately we people get to see the real side of him and, and that's exposed. But in terms of his biggest failure to himself to somehow dodge that bullet... Mm. to be given the opportunity to go and have this life he's created for himself back in wherever the university is and stuff like that and move on with his life. That was it. And his ultimate addiction wasn't 
the pills or the drugs. It was that fucking need for applause and validation, mm-hmm. as you said. Yeah. And then he gets sucked into that second interview. In a second. And that's the bit that that's yeah. where it all falls apart. Yeah. Is And what I love about this show is like, so that's the big fall, right? That's it. That's the ultimate fall. But in the very last episode, we see glimpses of it again. When he's dancing with PC, right? Mm. And they're talking and she's she brings up like, you know, him kind of like he he talks about maybe coming back, maybe like revitalizing his career. And you see that 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 need isn't gone. Like he's gone through all this stuff, he's like learned all these lessons, but that need is such a part of him and that is like something that he's going to struggle with forever. It's never going away. He might learn better ways to deal with it, but it's never, ever going away. And if he, like, gets a taste of it, he'll want it. He might, yeah, have tools to, like, negate the want, but the want will always be there, Mm -hmm. which was, yeah, very truthful for me when I saw that. I was like, yeah, no, he's he's still Bojack. So from that moment, he has the second interview and everything falls apart. Yeah. He's actually given a proper grilling. Um, oh, boy. And Love that. from there, we yeah. go from that disastrous interview to like three months later or something like that. We have a bit of a jump ahead, which I thought in terms of like one of the weaknesses of the season, again, only having so many episodes to wrap mm. everything up, it's like felt like we moved very quickly to that moment. We did, yeah. Um, but at that point, at that point, how are you feeling about Bojack? Are you just feeling like this is what he deserves when he's getting talked about so poorly by people at the fast food restaurant he's ordering from, when he's getting the finger from passersby in his car, when he's obviously not able to get any sort of gig in Hollywood at the time because his name is Mud, deservedly. Are you feeling for him at this point or are you just like, yeah, this is always coming in? Yeah, I feel like I feel for his loneliness and the fact that he's abandoned mm-hmm. and he's adrift. I feel for that, but absolutely it feels justified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, th- I think I want to go back on that interview and talking about the pattern of behavior, which was really the issue. Sure. It wasn't like you did the big bad thing. Yeah. It was like, let's look at the contact, the context of certain situations. This has happened, right? That's bad. You've also done this. You've also done this. You've also done this. That speaks to a larger pattern. So it's not about, you know, your trauma, like informing one instance of bad behavior. Mm-hmm. It's consistent bad behavior that is incredibly detrimental to people, particularly women in your life. Particularly women. Um, Often very young women. Yes. And I think I like that that was blatantly said. And I I thought it was justifiably said and something that he needed to be confronted with. Whether he has the ability to absorb it at that point, I don't think so. I mean, Bojack is a perpetual victim. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, need to be said. I think it. I. I. As a viewer, I was like, yes, this is a moment of reckoning that is important for the next step of what's to come. I thought it was great once he is sort of in that place post interview, mm. where his options become <laughs> doing this terrible, awful sort of. Um, Lowbrow comedy, the horny unicorn, the horny unicorn mm. with another washed up. Yeah. Abuser, yeah. <laughs> um, 
to create a life that's going to make him only appeal probably to frat boys at university and yeah. right-wing assholes and shit well, it's like, like that. It's like, you know, the the life of like someone so privileged and who's surrounded by yeah, like yes, yay says and like pleases and stuff and then like you lose all that goes away when you say something that the majority of people morally are opposed to mm-hmm. or you do something. Um and so all of that goes away. And then the only people left are those who are okay with hurting people, damaging people, who only care about themselves. And mm-hmm. they're the only people left around. And they're the only people who, are gonna be, who aren't going to judge you, who aren't going to make you feel bad. And so naturally you surround yourself with them, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what you want to do. So I, I was like, that feels right. right. That feels right for him to do that. And maybe... it's the easy option. And he's always going to take the easy option. Maybe the element of this story that had to take place very quickly mm. that I kind of wish we had another season to explore. Mm-hmm. What that post-interview, mm. Bojack, without completely cut off from people like Diane, yep. connecting or having been forced to connect with these other people who won't judge him because they're shit heels like he is, yep. who are also just going to manipulate him because they're shit heel people. And yep. like... What that existence looks like for Bojack, does he embrace it fully? Does that ever get to that point where he just like, fuck it, I guess I'll just become that person? Mm. Is it always a struggle for him? Like, is that validation enough for him? We only get a little taste of it. Mm. And it could have been it would have been great to get more of it, but that's not that's not the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. However, instead, he gets asked by a former executive of Horsing around, mm. um, Angela, I think her name is. I can't remember her yeah, name. That's right. To come and visit her house. Mm-hmm. These are elements of the show that I barely remember in terms mm. of how this all went down with Herb mm-hmm. and the fact that she'd had this direct conversation with Bojack. And when she last saw him, or once we last saw her, mm. she said, "Hopefully, you will never have to talk to me ever again." Yeah, and it's taken until the, fi- the th- third last episode for this to come around. Mm. Um, and the reason he's been asked over is because his name is so so terrible now. Like Bill Cosby, they cannot syndicate Horsin' Around anymore. Yeah. She needs him to sign off on being erased from what he's probably the work he's most proud of, mm. the bit that made him famous, the thing, the one thing in the world that maybe he thinks was good. It's in the fucking theme song of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And erase him from the show. So it's no longer Horsin' Around, it's just... Yeah. Around, Things I saw like, an amazing version of that. By the way, someone made the theme song to that. They've erased the horse from it as just <laughs> around. It was so yeah. good. Nice. Well, that's things like so. Someone who constantly needs validation. His what he could always fall back on was mm-hmm. his legacy. Absolutely. And she is the embodiment of what happens in those instances, like with figures like Bill Cosby. Is like I am going to erase your legacy. You are no longer going to exist. And if you do exist, you will simply be a bad man. You're not like the beloved person that you once were. You're gone. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely gone. So while that episode certainly wasn't my favorite, um, I think it was important to really cement the idea that that part that was so important to him that he could, you know, he got the mansion, the money, mm-hmm. all that stuff from horsing around. He could walk into a bar and people like, oh, I want to fuck the horse from horsing around. 
that's all gone. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, you have absolutely nothing now. You don't have your friends. You don't have your legacy. You don't have your money. It's all fucking gone, which is what we needed to hit that. That was and the stride. A hundred percent. And then uh, what about the reaction to finding out that he could have fought back when Herb was fired and things may have gone differently? And for him, it's like his whole life is falling apart and suddenly he can blame this person almost. Like if you hadn't done this and manipulated me in this way. Well, or I, I remember I was watching it and I just wrote, well, that's the last thing lost. Like, that was the one thing that he could hold on to. Well, the thing is, though, that almost gives him an excuse of who to blame everything that's happened ever since on, right? Like, that moment, in terms of when he didn't Mm. stand by Herb and he was told that Mm. the best thing you can do is not fight this because if you do, then the show Mm. is cancelled and no one has a job. You need to let this happen. It's going to be the best thing for the show and everyone else who's here Mm. and you should do this. Now, to find out that... If he'd fought back, Herb would have still stayed around. He would mm. have everyone would have been happy and better off. Would have been fine. He can look at someone and go, You're the reason, you're the problem. If you hadn't done this, this is all your fault. Mm. But he's always done that. That's, it's it's always been like, I I did this to save the show. I did this because you put me in that position or whatever. When that was not the case. He was the most powerful person in the room. Yeah. And he still made that decision. And that's why I was like, well, that's the last the last lie sure. lost that he could hold on to. It was gone then. Um, Angela, her quote was, you play these games of, if I hadn't done this, if I wasn't so that, but you did and you were, and here we are. I think mm. that's ultimately the point. It's like, yes, you, as you said, the blame game has always been mm. the, ga- the game he's played and he doesn't have any of that left. Well, like it, it speaks to that quote that he hears in the interview where she's like, you know, you're a person who doesn't think about others, a person who puts his own needs first and over and over other people get hurt, not necessarily because he means to hurt them but because he just doesn't care. This person I'm describing, is it a different person or is it you? Like, yes, we can, We all make decisions, we all make mistakes mm-hmm. but like constantly he has an excuse, he has a reason to kind of get out of it. Sometimes it's because he's not thinking things through. Sometimes it's because like he just can't be bothered to think things through. Like he's made terrible decisions. Whether they were entirely informed or not isn't the issue. It's like just rectifying those decisions, being like or recognizing those decisions, Mm -hmm. feeling shame or guilt, whatever you need to feel in order to deal with them, you know, kind of come to the people that you've hurt make it better or at least acknowledge it and fucking move forward, which he never fucking does. There was another good example of that, of him doing that still up to this point Mm. when in, uh, I think it was the end of the previous season, he'd come across, um, I think she was like the hair hair and makeup on Mm. Horsin' Around. Yeah. and His drinking buddy. His drinking buddy, right? And he apologized to her for her being fired because mm. I think Sarah Lynn was found with alcohol and he blamed it on her. Yeah. And then while he made that apology to her face, when asked about these this pattern of behavior in his interview, he then threw her under the bus. Yeah. And it's like anything to take the blame off him. It well, was just up like, to the end. 
Bojack is willing to take responsibility for something mm. if there's no consequences. <laughs> so he, privately, he'll be like, oh, I'm such a piece of shit. Oh, my God, I'm such a terrible person. You put him in front of a crowd yeah. or any kind of judgment that has consequences and he absolutely folds every single fucking time. So, like, yes, well, at the beginning we see him and he's like, you know, making all these changes that's just to kind of like step away from possibly facing consequences. Mm-hmm. It's still a way for him to hide, to be like, oh, no, I'm I'm doing all these, I'm changed, I'm a, I'm a changed person or whatever. But as soon as like the idea of consequences come about, he's like, nope, actually- absolutely, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, so from there, he goes from Angela's place, he takes her car mm. and drives, quote unquote, home to his old oh, house. In, I'm stressed uh, already just thinking In the Hollywood about it. Hills. Mm. Um, I liked, again, this is a quote from Les Chappelle from his review of the episode, just illustrating how powerful this moment is in terms of sort of a reflection of where things started. The fact that everyone else has come so far, and we, through this episode, we should be noted, mm. we're seeing where Pe- Mr. Peanut Butter's at, where Diane's at. We're going to talk about those characters a bit later. The fact that everyone else has come so far only reinforces how painful the final beats of Angela are as mm. Bojack returns to exactly where he was at the beginning of the series. And I know this for a fact because I rewatched this pilot. Stuffed full of enough alcohol and pills to numb everything else. Watching horsing around mm. reruns for the umpteenth time and sprawled on the couch of a big empty house that's about as loveless as Angela's mansion. And it mm-hmm. was like, wow, okay. So even even as much as that pilot wasn't super successful, as that first season I don't think is all that great. The idea that they were able to build off those foundations and still reference back to that moment mm-hmm. and still be so relevant and so insightful as to that into that character and it informs no- it so much. It informs so it so much. much Nothing yeah. was retconned about this character. It didn't mm-hmm. change anything. They just found a better way to take the character where, or maybe found a better destination from them. Yeah. The starting point was always valid, and they yeah. all it was through always that image strong. that you've seen before. And then we have it like the comparison, like comparatively with the other characters. Oof. So, like, hard-hitting, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> from there we go into the second last episode, mm. View from Halfway Down. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I didn't think this season was necessarily um, as ambitious with some of its animation and, some, and those sorts of things as it has been in the past, not as experimental. Mm. There was some stuff with Diane we'll get to a little bit later, I think, if we've got time, but this episode... <laughs> Uh, has a bit of fun in terms of it's mm. a entire, I guess, dream sequence mm-hmm. episode yeah. uh, of Bojack going to dinner uh, surrounded by a lot of significant people in his life who are all dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he's had this dream multiple times before, but it goes a little deeper this time. Mm. Uh, what were your just gut feelings on this react on this episode was happening? Um, these people talking about the best parts and the worst parts of their lives. They're these people walking through this black door into nothingness. Like, what were you just feeling watching this? It. I started off being, oh, he's dreaming. Uh huh. And then it builds such a sense of dread. <laughs> Real tangible, affecting dread. Um, And then obviously, like, probably maybe halfway through, you're like, fuck, fuck. This is a lot worse. And then the more details we get about 
the moments before this dream started to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the... One, I really enjoyed the episode. Mm. So I want to say that I really enjoyed it. Enjoy, enjoy is an interesting word, but I think it's a valid one, yeah. Yeah, I found... But I also found it so sorrowful. Um, I found it really upsetting. Yeah. Really, really upsetting. And when when he begins to reveal his last moments before like the dream started to take place, mm-hmm. I got very upset. Right. I was very, very upset by the episode, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember an episode of anything that has felt... Dread is... We talked about impending doom earlier and stuff like that, but the dread... And the the yeah sorrowfulness or I don't know it, it's so dark and it's like we've just watched Alter Carbon it's like dark and gritty mm-hmm. this is a different level of dark it's you're watching someone's drug and alcohol affected brain potentially just losing oxygen and like mm. visions of his past and trying to reconcile his own life and how he's affected these people and then all in this bizarre like um mansion slash theater and just everything about it is so yeah depressing it it feels so final yes and so because of that it feels terrifying that's scary it is scary it's it's so scary you see like you know it starts like quite while absurd and a little scary you know there's this element of fun Playfulness that we have had in the past with Bojack Horseman episodes that are a bit off the wall. So there is that element which is fun to watch, like the visuals and the craziness and all that stuff. Yep. Um, but like, you know, Sarah Lynn's there and that is such um, a point of heartbreak, I think, mm-hmm. for viewers. And her song <laughs> that she performs is... Fucked. Which is a reprise of the song in the episode when he is really affected by the painkillers, when Mm. he starts choking his co-star in Filbert. Yeah. And he has this drug-addled musical sequence to Mm. that song as well. It's another version of that from Sarah Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, and Herb's there and he's just talking about like, you know, there is, there is nothing more. This doesn't even exist. All that kind of stuff. And then when Bojack is there and he's talking about, you know, he was on the phone with or trying to call Diane. Mm-hmm. She didn't pick up. So he went back in the pool. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Really upsetting, yeah. It's, I think, the the inevitability of it, the finality of it, but mm. also it just sort of feels like, well, maybe this is where this was always heading. And there's a part of you that's like, we've seen this happen before, right? We, mm. You see this scenario happens in real life to people who are struggling with addiction, who have mm. done bad things and uh, with mental health, and this is where it goes. So to sort of be in a person's head as this is happening, and also that poem, the fucking the halfway oh down poem God. of like the idea of yeah. being already falling and mm. having that regret, but yeah, there's nothing you can do about it once you've taken that it's leap. It's done. The, yeah. the 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 finality and the inevitability of it mm. is what is so. 
I think um yeah. I think like that's what distressing. was distressing. One of the things that was super affecting to me was that they played those two things side by side. Mm-hmm. Like you've got the poem which is like the sober brain talking, mm-hmm. right? So it's like often the things that you remember or think about once you're sober after the thing has happened, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, like the, re- the reflection, like that is the reflection of that experience as opposed to you hear Bojack's reasoning of I was, I called Diane, I slipped back in the pool, which is, exact, is exactly how you're like drug or alcohol affected brain deals with that final rejection and then you decide to kill yourself Mm. like it's like there were so many like real moments in that Mm -hmm. that were like super like honest and like things that i personally have experienced i was like fucking hell like i've never seen two very different processes either side of like suicidal ideation or like attempts Mm -hmm. on a screen it's like it was it was genuinely terrifying to watch yeah. and very upsetting. Um, but I think like important. Like it was like it's a scary thing to realize that you one, want to kill yourself, two, what it feels like to kill yourself or try to kill yourself, mm-hmm. and three, terror doesn't stop in the attempt, yeah. like it still exists. Like all of that is all there and it's so much to deal with. And I was like, do I think people who are feeling that way should watch this? Absolutely not. That's I'm, kind of I'm, what my question I'm, was. I'm out of it yeah. now, so it's fine. But like, yeah, it was like looking at past past lives. I was like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, yeah. That was my next question. You say you've not seen this on TV before. And I think part of it is because it's a you. You're walking a very tight, uh, like <laughs> boy. Very. I would never attempt it. Thin line yeah. about what's appropriate and what's responsible and how you discuss something like yeah. that. You'll be so careful not to mm. glorify it. And that mm. argument can be made that somehow it is because you know he's seeing apparitions of like like there's parts of it that no, I and think even that level of dread stuff, really does not glorify it. But yeah. that that's where the mo- the responsible part I think mm. is that it is that realization it is that terror that poem mm. which I think is designed spe- and even that being the title the mm. specific reminder that like once you make that decision yeah. you may not want that and it's too fucking late. Yeah. Um but then even just talking about the nature of death and not existing anymore it's it's like it's been it was so weird because we watched this this released on the same just day the as place. the good yeah. place final episode did mm. which is 100% a discussion about death and the importance of ending and mm-hmm. like what it means to not exist anymore and to make a decision to do that even yeah and meanwhile we've got this conversation between herb and bojack 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 asks herb is it terrifying and herb says no i don't think so it's the way it is you know everything must come to an end the drip finally stops and bojack says before herb walks or it gets engulfed by the the blackness I should say see you on the other side and herb just simply says oh bojack no there is no other side mm. this is it yeah. And like <laughs> the, I mean, you could take that as life affirming. Remember, maybe you do want to stick around because once you don't, there's nothing else anymore. Yeah. But the ultimate existential terror of that idea and the way it's presented <laughs> is Herb is engulfed by darkness. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. This show is, do you remember the show was like just about making funny like- uh, Animal people. Animal people. Yeah, no, I do remember You know, that. making like animal um, puns and lots enough, of alliteration and stuff. This is my stuff. cat's favorite show. 
This is your cat's favorite Whenever show? I put on BoJack Horseman, she literally sits in front of the TV and watches it. Oh, really? It. She That's loves amazing. BoJack Horseman. Hey. She might de- be depressed. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like it's terrifying, like just the concept of and the reaffirming of, oh, no, there's nothing. There's no relief for you. Relief doesn't even exist where it is. It is nothing, mm-hmm. which is just like kind of compounds everything that's going on. It's just like you, the walls are closing in. And I like I finished watching that episode and I just stopped there. I just stopped. I was like, I need a couple of days mm. to digest. I'm, I'm fucking rattled mm-hmm. to my core. Bojack appears to be dead, which also I was like, also, like, a uh, not a just ending, but an appropriate ending for a show about someone who is dealing with severe addiction and mm-hmm. who does not have a support base. I was like, okay, that's what's happened. I'm going to absorb that. I'm going to sit in that for a bit. I'm very upset. Um, but also, I don't mind the ending mm-hmm. of that. And also, on Netflix, it comes up with, like, the preview for the next episode. Everyone in... Um, formal wear, like they're at a funeral. And no Bojack, I don't think. And no Bojack. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that's his funeral. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, all right, that's in my head. I just need a couple of days to process prepare, that. prepare for it. So I think that's worth talking about there though. Mm. That episode, if you don't if if you don't skip ahead, mm. that flat line does become a beep before the very ending. Yeah, I stopped before that. Yeah. No, and I like I just skipped to the next episode, so I didn't see that yeah. either. Um, and you walked away. So that's a whole different yep. sort of scenario. If that was the ending right there, mm. that was the end. We already talked about like the scenario where he ends up as a college professor and like his happy days. Like yeah. that wouldn't have been unsatisfying. <laughs> if the show truly ended with Bojack dying from suicide mm. or drowning after an overdose, would that have been appropriate? Would that have been enough? Would that have been... I think it would have been appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I think in my brain it would have been enough. But I don't think it would have been as good okay. as the ending that we got. So, let's yes. talk about that. <laughs> the next episode starts with that mm. flat line, which turns into a couple of beeps. Yes. Um, which at that point when I saw the first five minutes, I was like, fuck off. I was, I was a little bit like... Sure. I'm like in a headspace where I've like prepared myself for Bojack to be dead and now he's not Mm -hmm. and you're making a joke of it. Fuck you. Like I was, yeah, I was pretty annoyed by that in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, So he is alive. He is saved, pulled from the pool in Mm. hospital. Um, He very quickly, we get a lot of information. Yes. He lives. He then is... um, put on trial for breaking and entering, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Though, as he says, it was pretty much, you know, all of it, everything. His whole mm, life sort of yeah. work in disastrous deeds. I love that he gets famous for his reaction <laughs> to finding Bojack, yeah. Um, he goes to prison for something like 14 months or something mm-hmm. like that. And he gets released for a weekend uh, to go to PC's wedding. And... Straight away, something I want to point out about this episode is the first part of season six ended with an episode that had none of our main voice actors in it whatsoever. There's Holly Hawk and mm. a bunch of side characters, zero of our core cast is yeah. in it. 
This final episode does not feature a single line from anyone who isn't from our core cast. Yeah, boy. That's a pretty mm. cool little I way like of that. splitting the season in half. I like that very much. Uh, so, basically, this is just a series of conversations between Bojack, who is currently in prison, um, him talking to, in order, Mr. Peanut Butter, Todd, Princess Carolyn, and then finally Diane. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just talk about this episode, your feelings in general first, or should you talk about these individual conversations? I like to talk about the individual conversations. Okay. So, so first conversation, he gets picked up from prison from Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> The uh, unchanged Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. Uh, the unchanged Mr. Peanut Butter. Oh, he's got some things to say. Uh, is my problem with women any movie directed by Christopher Nolan? Because yes, women are involved, but it's <laughs> ne- really never about the women. It's about me. <laughs> so we're getting some catharsis on Mr. Peanut Butter's uh, story. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Mr. Peanut conversation, it, they're in order of importance here, obviously, mm. because the relationship mis- between Bojack Horse and Mr. Peanut Butter has never been particularly... Meaningful no. one. As much as you may have wanted it to be, it never got there, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Mr. Pout does say that he won't abandon him. He's going to take him to the party. And he's going to hang around with him. But of course, as soon as they get there, he disappears. I'll have to talk about to somebody Short else. Short attention span, that boy. Todd at the party, who, as far as I can remember, hasn't spoken to Bojack since Bojack tried to go to his party that he out, was yeah. invited for and told mm. him to leave because he always fucks things up. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, saves him from the party when he's obviously in awkward position, mm-hmm. takes him out to the beach and um, they have a conversation there. He comes back in and has a talk to... Do you want to talk about the conversation with Todd? Uh, what do you remember about the conversation with Todd? I remember thinking, because obviously I don't like Todd, <laughs> but it's nice that while they don't have a relationship, Todd does kind of understand Bojack a little bit. He understands... I think Todd understands the pointlessness of life, but mm-hmm. he's not depressed by it. So he and Bojack have at least that in common, but he just have a, just has a different perspective about it. So I enjoyed that aspect of that conversation, I guess. Okay. Uh, he goes to Princess Carolyn mm-hmm. and uh, they have a dance and they, they talk do. about... Their relationship, their feelings towards mm-hmm. each other. It's, it feels like a million years ago since they were a couple. Like that's season one basically and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's not really explored much more, but at least in that sense. They're off doing their mm-hmm. own things from there on. But even just beyond them being a couple, just like the dedication which PC has had mm-hmm. to Bojack being the most important thing in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, she says she won't represent him anymore by the end of that conversation. She, she, she yeah, knows sure other right. agents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finally goes to the roof and has a conversation with Diane. Uh-huh. Uh, we learn that she woke up to a voicemail from him mm. um, on the night that he almost died. Mm-hmm. And they have a very frank conversation about their complex relationship, about her feelings about... Um, him needing her, his dependency on her and what she feels about the pressure that's put on her there, mm. about her feeling it's hard for her to escape and trying to be happy in her new life and all those sorts of things. And basically, Diana ultimately is moving on from Bojack and this might be the last conversation they ever have together. Mm-hmm. My point is, mm. this is an extremely depressing, maybe appropriate, but not a particularly... You said bittersweet earlier mm. and... 
the sweet part is it feels like the side characters, the extra, the Diane, PC, mm. Todd, and Mr. Peanut Butter are able to move into generally happy and forward-moving parts of their life. Yeah. I'm not sure that's true of BoJack. No, I don't think so. I think this, he is, I think you predicted, and I was agreeing with you when you did this at the end of the last podcast we did about BoJack, mm. that this was ultimately going to be about it's about the people closest to you and having them around and, mm. you know, they're going to see through your past mm. and, you know, be with you and help mm. you through those those dark times. Mm. And ultimately, they're all abandoning him. Rightly so, for their own happiness. Mm-hmm. But he is without his friends yes. at the end of this. Yeah. He doesn't have anybody as far as we can say. It's like that is the ultimate consequence of his continual inability to... Um, take what's what I'm looking for responsibility for mm-hmm. his actions so yeah they, they they were all right there with him in that room with the whiteboard with all of his faults mm-hmm. all of it is known and his inability to say I did all these things not only in front of you but whatever consequences I because they were willing to stand by him no matter what the consequences were but he didn't want that. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be loved by everyone else. It didn't matter how much it personally affected them. And at that point, they had to remove themselves. And, yeah, it's, it's fucking sad. It's really sad. But that's a lesson that Bojack has learned. Will he, like, apply that in his future relationships? We don't know. But that is absolutely something we've seen. If he kept those things, I don't know if he would better himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what is the lesson? He's going to get out of prison. He's going to have a very similar life. He's got. He's going to have an agent. He's going to... The thing is, he's done all these things and he's lost the people that made life a little bit better. Yeah, he may still be famous. He may still go on to make the yeah. Horny Unicorn. He may even have his But the things and- that matter are gone yeah. because he hasn't done the things he needed to do, what they asked him to do. And so, yeah, they rightly removed themselves. And they still love him, but he doesn't have the right to be in their lives anymore. And I thought that was perfect. Uh, I just want to read you a quote uh, from Stacey Henley's article Mm. on Polygon. The article is, Bojack Horseman's finale was bittersweet and Bojack didn't deserve it. Uh, I just want you to see what you think about this quote. It feeds right into what we're talking about. Mm. Bojack Horseman is one of the best pieces of television this century. It manages to be funny and surreal. It experiments with animation, storytelling, and addresses thorny personal issues with a sharp, daring vision. Judging entirely on the quality of the storytelling, the series deserves to go on for another 10 years. But the series never ultimately calls Bojack to account for what he's done. It takes him to a particular low point then forgives him yet again. Do you think that is true? No. Hmm. I don't think it forgives him, Mm -hmm. which is what she's saying. That's it. That it forgives him. That it forgives him. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I I thought that was an interesting reading. I was fascinated on your reading of this because I don't think it with his circumstances and you can feel sad for a man that's lost everything Mm -hmm. 
but you, I don't think the show or the audience or the show is asking the audience to forgive him for it. No. no. And I think that only that reading, personally, I think only that reading makes sense is if the characters forgive him. Yeah. As in the characters closest to him. Yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter, that, that relationship was never meaningful. So, whatever he says about being best friends, yeah. we know that's not true because he abandons him in the moment he's at that party. Yeah. Todd is never going to be friends with him again. He's pushed him right out of his life mm. months ago. Princess Caroline is moving on. She may even, I'm sure, on a professional level, be around him mm. and deal with him. And they'll but he's have no longer a priority. He's no longer important. Absolutely. And way. Diane has moved on completely mm-hmm. from him. Yeah. They have not forgiven him no. at all. And I just don't... I didn't understand that reading. What I want to ask you next, though, was you said the ending was better because of this sort of epilogue, this extra ending you get. Mm. Why is this better than the ending where Bojack died? Because I think it shows us more of what is, what is true. Is it like, yes, some people, you know, go through horrible shit and yes, they do end their own lives and that's fucking tragic. But the majority of our experience of life is that things just continue on. And you just have to deal Life's with that. A bitch and then you die, except sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. And that that's what it is. It's like, yeah, shit happens and like people go away and circumstances change completely and you it just continues. It's not like a great big the end. That's not what happens. It's like, you know, you awkwardly sit on a roof and just like, I don't know, wait for the awkward moment to pass and then you go inside and then you drive home and then like the next day starts. Like that's mm-hmm. just, that is what it is. And I think having that reflection of like, wow, these are the things he's lost. You know, like if it ended with him dying, you would then think PC is going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. Diane's going to be devastated. They're obviously going to be sad about a lost friendship, but they're fine. Like they they are able to make their own choices live their own life and but Bojack's still Bojack and he has to deal with that and that's that it just feels more true mm-hmm. yeah did Bojack get away with it with what <laughs> well by not dying by living and being and he's going to have 14 months in jail which is ultimately I think he'd get the, away with it if he died that that would have been the easier out because can't because then live he with can, himself he can be yeah right he now has to suffer with yeah. being himself bojack always believes that he does the things because he deserves he should be punished Mm -hmm. and so the ultimate punishment is for him to kill himself the Mm -hmm. ultimate thing is for him to be so drug affected drunk that he does a thing that is so unforgivable or that he ends up dead or whatever it is but for him to continue on sober not being punished by outside sources but simply being honest with himself is the not the worst punishment but like that's that's a harder trial for him which is what he should be doing he should be doing harder work than simply being you know seeing the punishment of jail time or death let's move on from bojack okay and this might be have to be a little bit quicker because we're going for a while already. Okay. But I think really Bojack was the crux of it. Yeah. Uh, Princess Carolyn. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about ultimately her resolution, the way they wrapped her up this season? I, I think ultimately my feelings are that there was so much. It was pre- rushed. It was it was rushed. It was. Yeah, it was rushed. It was, it's been rushed pretty much ever since they introduced Ruthie. Yeah. They kind of got one episode to really explore that idea. 
Do we feel satisfaction with the idea of her marrying Judah? I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, I was like, this is happening very fast, but that the way that scene went with the song mm-hmm. was so cute and so endearing. And like, I could kind of see a vibe with them. Like, it makes sense. I was like, you know what? You sold me. You sold me. And two people love their career so much. He's great with kids. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Tick, tick, tick. It's just rushed. That's all. But I, I didn't find it disingenuous. This is it. I think it's like the outcome I like. Mm. The execution is pretty, is pretty great. It's pretty yeah. good overall. There's no doubt. It rushed you, to get that's to That's the thing is like because of the standard of the show, you know given like two more seasons, it could have been done to perfection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't get that. But what they did, they did masterfully as they always do. So, yeah. What are you going to do? I also like that uh, – I wish there was – this is the problem though. I wish there was more to say, right? Like mm. Princess Carolyn being involved in what Jack was going through was just PC being great at what she does. Mm. I didn't think it really tested her – that much she's always been good at being able to just do the work and yeah. ignore the moral or personal dealings of that sort of stuff mm. i love that she is going to start her own production company mm-hmm. like and that jude is going to be there alongside her yeah that's fantastic it's a shame i think the decision was right to focus as much on Bojack as they did mm-hmm. because that's the bit that had to get right it yeah. had to be done right, and they did. It's definitely, unfortunately, Princess Caroline was really a victim of that, though. Mm. Diane, on the other hand, mm. I do think her stuff was still rushed, but I think more successful of the, the extra characters was more successfully achieved. I really enjoyed it. Cool. I, yeah, her journey through, like, <laughs> um, her meds mm-hmm. really tickled me pink. Um, Do you mean when she's trying to write and like the whole? Just like the first of all, the the intro of her being on meds, being in all these like different circumstances, and oh, just yeah, like yeah, and yeah. then them, them like being like this rescue remedy, which is just fucking hilarious to me um, and relatable. Uh, um, and then yeah, then obviously the reality of it sets in the numbness, which isn't. I want to make it clear is not. There's a perception that if you take antidepressants Mm -hmm. that it, for all of antidepressants, it has that effect of you become less creative, you know, you get a bit, you know, kind of your brain gets a bit fuzzy and all that stuff. And that's not the case. It is Mm -hmm. the case for some, but it's certainly not. You can still be a creative, vibrant, imaginative person on antidepressants. But that was her side effect. Um, And like her like fear and her, you know, that little rebellious voice that says, oh, just stop taking them for a little bit mm-hmm. and then write something and then it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I loved all that stuff and it was it was very relatable and it was funny. Like it had such a sense of humour about it, which I thought was necessary because yeah. mental illness in this show can be really heavy. Mm-hmm. And while Diane, you know, is going through shit, it is quite funny. It is. And I, it's it seemed a lot more... Human is a lot more even keeled, um, accessible, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the representation of her going through that writing process and oh dealing. Oh, my God. The, the, fuck, it made me The laugh. animations and, like, the way she's talking, like, r- reading the lines of what she's written is yeah. like, is this good? Does that like, make sense? Is this like, interesting? And the constant, put this detail in later, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is exactly what writing is. It's like, eh, vague idea. Um, I think this thing, I'll put it in later, put it in later. 
which is like it'll be like three quarters of your page is like put that in later because you don't know what the fuck you're doing while you're writing yeah yeah it's great the beautifully illustrated that whole part both in just terms of of the effect of it, understanding it, and mm. actually illustrated, like the animation of it. Again, it's one of my they favorite episodes of the, the like I really, really enjoyed that. It was, it was right there for me it. until yeah. the very ending. It was like tick yeah, favorite episode totally. of the season by a yeah. mile. Um, I love the idea of her like struggling to write this deep, meaningful memoir that she's been trying to do, and ultimately somehow pops out this like teen mall detective. Uh, book great for idea. a brilliant yeah. idea that apparently is super great that mm. is crossing boundaries in terms of a young angry sort of teenage boy seems to enjoy it and get something out of yeah. it and um, people feel like representative of yeah. like her and this is maybe another weakness of Alison Brie being cast but of a Vietnamese American um, girl in mm. this and that importance of that representation there is so much of a victory there for Diane. It takes her such a long time to realize that. <laughs> it's so Diane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, really appreciate the conversation around like, oh, you know, I have to write this really serious thing that like is so like affecting and important and like, you know, is part of like some sort of like cultural dialogue around so yeah. many different aspects because otherwise like all of the shit that I've gone through means nothing yeah if i'm not able to then communicate it in an artistic way that i'm not a real artist and the trauma meant nothing and all that stuff and fucking hell that's relatable being like well what was it all for if i can't mm, if it's you know not making me a more interesting person sure it was just like i don't know some shit that happened but you know i can write an amazing like why a novel about a teen <laughs> detective yeah i was like what a I didn't see her journey going there. Definitely not. But it was because she has not had fun Yeah. writing. She's a writer, but she's never had fun. She's always denied herself happiness. Though. Yeah, because she's she always has to take herself so seriously. Yeah. And to finally have the opportunity to relax, even though she thinks it's procrastinating, mm. she's relaxed and doing the thing that probably started off as a hobby. It's probably how writing started for her. It was like, you know, writing in a journal or just like little funny stories or whatever. And she's back there again and just like enjoying what she enjoys without thinking about how to make it the most important thing in the world. It's just like, mwah, mwah, mwah. What I, a good ending for her. I just love the uh, the conversation with Princess Caroline as well, where she's like, okay, cool. Send me the pages. I'll get you a meeting set up, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Things me the memoir. And then she gets the bit about the YA novel and she's like, scrap the other thing. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Write more of that. I need a second book so we can make this a series. Yeah. And just pieces excitement. And then Diane trying to deal with that knowledge like okay she actually likes this oh, yeah. i love that whole thing uh the fact that she like god it's so happy it's the thing bojack's ending is so dark and murky and mm. like depressing it's lovely just to be able to look at diane moving to texas in the end with Was guy. It houston houston that's right yeah. with which is in texas so i'm not wrong yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. with guy and getting away for la for good and mm. just like Fist pumping, like, yes, Loving Diane. Loving fucking life. Loving that. I'm just happy that she's happy. Mm. And then there's also that conversation she has with Mr. Peanut Butter in the third last episode on the phone mm-hmm. uh, after she's at a book signing and thinks Mr. Peanut Butter's there. And oh, instead my God. Of, it's just the book because apparently writing <laughs> yeah. is really easy. We're just two novelists or whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you think about that as that final conversation between Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane sort of summing up where they're at now in their lives since they were originally together and mm. married and then divorced and then they've gone their separate ways and obviously that was very complicated. 
Yeah, I mean, they were two lost people that found each other mm-hmm. and now, well, Miss Peanut Butter isn't totally found. I think Diane is no longer lost mm-hmm. um, and she's always going to be Diane. She's going to be complicated, but she's no longer entirely lost. Um, having through that, having figured out who they are, having perspective, which is really interesting and talking about how like, you know, if we yeah met each other now, Things would probably be really different. Yeah, but they if we never would have been ha- together. Had met but... each other until now, we wouldn't be the people we are yeah, now. Exactly. That's about how yeah. I put it. Uh, speaking of Mr. Peanut Butter, did we finally get real sad dog? Mm. We got a little bit of sad dog. We did get a little real bit of sad, Mr. Dog. sad dog. We got a tiny inkling of sad dog. However, yeah. that's the first time in the entire series I could think of it actually getting to a point where Mr. Peanut Butter had any sort of real self like introspection mm. and that is his ultimate victory is he finally was like, oh, maybe I, I have sadness. some <laughs> I have some problems I need yeah. to deal with. I think there will always be a tragedy for me with Bojack Horseman is that like we never got all of Mr. Peanut Butter because you could tell there's so much more there. Yes. And we never got it, which is a shame. But. I, apart from one other element of this show, that will always be the thing. I can't imagine what you're speaking to. Yeah. <laughs> that will always be... I think the biggest regret yeah. of the show is that it never had the time or the space or something mm. to really give Mr. Peanut Butter a great story. Agreed. Yeah. And a great journey. And there were aspects of it, but. Oh, there was never always hints. Yeah. Particularly during like the Diane divorce years and yeah. stuff, like, or the separation and stuff. Like, there were things there that. I thought we were going towards, but never quite got there. We just never... There was a point, I think, somewhere where there was like a season that was really Diane heavy. That mm. was a great Diane season. There was an amazing Princess Carolyn season in mm. there. I was just like, there's got to be a great Mr. It's Peanut coming, Butter season. It's coming. And it ran out of time. Then we got cancelled. Yep. It, it sucked. Mm. Uh, I did love the ultimate ending to the joke of him with his sign writers always getting his shit wrong. <laughs> Give yes. this whole town the D. D for dad. Birthday dad, that is. <laughs> then the B. It's Hollywood. Yeah. Great ending. Yeah. Todd has a girlfriend. Next. And made oh. up with his mum. No, well, we can do yeah. that if you like. Yeah, no, he's got a girlfriend now, which is nice. I do actually like her character. Yeah, she's great. Um, and he made up with his mum, which was fucking stupid storyline. Um, why, why? Why is this a stupid storyline? I don't give a fuck about his mum. Who was she? I don't know anything about her. Is, are we forgetting, but was this whole thing about his parents really just forced back into this? Because I, I, obviously he was living on Bojack's couch at the very mm. beginning, right? He yeah. wasn't living with his parents. And then I don't feel like we've really talked a whole lot about his relationship with his parents until the last season. They sort of just like did the whole stuff with Jorge and then... Uh, this stuff with his mum and roped Margot Martindale into it right at the end as well. Yeah. I mean, like, he was a man baby. He did need to get kicked out of the house. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. 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 I don't care about Todd. Move on, please. Okay. <laughs> Unless Ho- you've got an amazing point to make. No, I've got nothing. Yeah. Hollyhock. Mm. Coming back to Bojack for a second. Yep. It ultimately always does. Always. All roads lead to Bojack. <clears throat> so there's a very uncomfortable relationship between them when... At the very beginning. At the very beginning when mm-hmm. he is working at the same college that she's Wesley. attending. Mm-hmm. And that is super uncomfortable and Bojack doesn't quite see it. He's trying to figure out like, you know, obviously she's just trying to do her own thing. And He's never had a familiar relationship before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she is 
obviously very cold on him because of what she learned had happened. Mm -hmm. And then they have a very, very tenuous relationship via phone, it seems like, while she's still at college. Mm -hmm. And then finally, after his interview, he gets a letter from her that he's very afraid to open. Mm -hmm. We never see what's in the letter. But we get the impression that Holly Hawk is basically saying that- I read a lot that people were like- super angry or like dying to know what the letter said. I do not feel that way. I'm I'm sh- I would love to know what the letter said. I also don't think there's a whole lot of value in knowing what the letter said. We no, know what the letter we said. We know what the letter said. Ultimately the letter said you are no I don't longer a part be in of my your life. life. Yeah. yeah. That's what the letter said. It's, I don't know why you need the fucking sentence structure, but anyway. All I needed was the look on Bojack's face yeah. when he read the letter and the understanding that we'll never see Hollyhock again and that's it. And it I'll tell you what, though, it was a fucking kick in the teeth. Mm. And it's exactly what should have happened. It's yes. exactly what he deserved. It's exactly yep. what she should have done for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good on her. Well good done, on her. Yeah. It's fascinating as well as the character that was only introduced a couple of seasons ago, really. he didn't. She didn't know him anything Mm-mm. at all. No. no, absolutely not. And I think... You know, Hollyhock was this shining hope of mm-hmm. him having a, a quote unquote normal life, uh, having a family, having really a, a glimmer of redemption sure. was through his relationship with her. Yeah. And so, yeah, and she's, you know, in past seasons been a device for that, to have this outside perspective to his debauchery. She is, she is hope. And, in, in times when he has been at his darkest, she's been there to really embody the fact that hope is lost, that the state that he's in cannot coexist with who she is because they're just on either end of the spectrum. And so to and finally... Particularly just that she's a young woman. Just totally. and Yeah, exactly. And to totally lose that was right and perfect and on theme and fitting. And enough yeah. to justify her as a character, her inclusion mm-hmm. into this world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One last thing before we get into final notes. Yes, please. There is a cons- not a conspiracy. There's a theory mm. that I just want to just float for a second. Okay. That the last episode is not real. That mm. Bojack actually did die. Yeah. And this was like his brain trying to come to some sort trying of resolution. Trying to depress itself or? To no. trying to depress itself. Mm. I think the theory is that he's trying to find out that everybody is okay. It's like that he can die with and be okay if he knows that everyone else is ultimately okay. And there's some reason to believe that that might be true. The opening shot of this, of the episode, is the heart monitor not beeping over Diane and Bojack looking at the sky. And then ultimately, the show ends on a very extended silence between the two as they just look at the stars, Mm. um, which might sort of indicate just sort of the end of his sort of consciousness as it dwindles Mm -hmm. off into oblivion there. Um, I don't hate the theory particularly because I think I understand people's desire to want that he died, that that's what he deserved. It's so basic, but sure. But I think that's it though. It is, mm. I think it is basic. And it's like you said, it would be him escaping his consequences. If he mm. can just sort of die and then, and then not have to face the hard road ahead mm. and that he can just sort of, fade away believing that everyone else was fine, then that's the easy road out. And maybe uh, if you sympathize with Bojack, that's what you want to understand that. But but the better ending- Or you float off into eternal happiness knowing everyone's okay. Mm. Fucking boring. Boo. Okay. Follow-up question to Mm. that. 
what do you imagine life is like for Bojack after the what we see at the end of this, after prison when he leaves? What do you think happens? Does he... Is this just a... Uh, are we just stalling his inevitable death where he falls into addiction once again, spirals and eventually well, does die in his pool or... No, I think like what this show has taught us time time again is like he lives a cyclical life mm-hmm. as many of us do. Like, yes, I'm sure he will fall into addiction again and I'm sure he will get better again and he will fall and then get better and fall and get better and just like life goes on. It, it doesn't I, – I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I think he will die of addiction. I don't fucking know. But the point is, like, his behavior is his behavior and he still has the same wiring, like, as we saw with the conversation with PC at the very end at the wedding. Yeah. He has those kind of needs and wants. Will he act on them forever? I don't know. Do I think I'll, he'll fall into addiction again? Probably. But, yeah, I don't know. I think he lives a cyclical life. That's the lesson I've learned. So, but who knows? Who knows on what part of the cycle it will end? Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? Not a whole lot. I've got like two little quote thingies. Mm-hmm. The first one is, I had my doubts when he did the scene from Proof, but when he did the scene from Doubt, I thought, there's the proof, which made nice. me laugh. Nice. And then the second was like, just like on the little ticker thing at the bottom of the news. Yeah. Which just said ice abolished by climate change, which made me laugh. <laughs> what about you? Um, a great quote from Paige and Claire. Oh, poop. Our scoops flow in the coop. <laughs> Anything she says is quotable to me. Yeah. Um, one of the, during Diane's like when she's trying to write and she's struggling with the writing process, mm. Mr. Peanut Butter says, are you, uh, you know, one of those stupid pop culture analogies I'm always doing because you're charming at first, but eventually enough already. <laughs> Um, when they go to see uh, Dr. Champ, is it? The yeah. the Paige Sinclair go to mm-hmm. talk to him. He's like, I'm not a therapist. I'm a therapy horse. I can tell you anything. I was just like, that's a great way to we get call around. back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just to get around all that. Yeah. Um, there was another joke. I can I can't remember the punchline. It was about like misery and company are both on at the same time. It's like, but it turns out misery loves company. Oh, yeah. This idea there's going to be tension between the two players. Sondheim and whoever were together. Uh-huh. The Margot Martindale storyline, mm. did that Did that satisfy for you? Just sort of where that ended up. Being part of Todd's storyline was not I what I wanted to I didn't need to be satisfied by it. I just enjoy seeing her. I did want to point out there is a little bit of a epilogue to uh, the Margot Martindale stuff. Mm. In the newspaper at the very start of the last episode that shows um, Bo Jeebies' kid signed with um, Gersh, there's a little article at the bottom of the newspaper that says, Margot Martindale steals the spotlight in Classroom war- Warfare, which was that uh, movie she was going to make. Right. Right. Uh, except it says, Long overshadowed by her famous co-star, character actor- actress Martin Martindale is finally making headlines of her own after making off with a large spotlight from the set of her new film. So the idea that she, even after redemption, went on mm. to steal <laughs> a spotlight and like she's actually back into her old way. She can't be stopped. She can't be stopped. She is great, who she is. I thought that was a great mm. little uh, epilogue there. Um, not that many Susans showed up. You know what they say about Susans? They're lazy. Suddenly you're desperate, <laughs> desperately seeking them. I thought it was a great little bit. That did make me laugh. Um, yeah. And just, of course, the tragedy of Bojack had to drown in the pool. Every fucking episode mm-hmm. ends with him at the top of that or falling into that thing. Mm-hmm. 
Where else is it going to end? Yep. You had one more side note? Oh, yeah. I just remembered um, Paige Sinclair's sister went at the wedding. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. why do you talk like that? We're from Fresno. Which just, it was just the, made that was me it. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your least favorite episode of this half season, The Mask? Yes. So, I was a little unsure on this one. Um, I think mm, I'm going to go with the first one. I think because it was just like the jumping off platform sure. for the um, the back end of what is ultimately season six as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I you know love Holly Hawk and what she represents. It was just the beginning of the end, but I hadn't really been punched in the face yet by all the things that were to come. Sure. Um, a special mention, I think, to the horny unicorn that was going to be. One um, that on a big list, but then I reread a recap of it, and there were some great moments in there that I really enjoyed. So yeah. I just I knocked that off. But yeah, that was going to be it for a while. That's my choice. Yeah. Is episode thirteen, the horny unicorn. It's not because there's not good stuff in there. You're right, there is yeah. some great stuff in there. In fact, it's more that it's the best example of the great ideas that needed more room mm. that unfortunately didn't get time to percolate because the show didn't have time for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter gets a bit of a mention in there with his sad mm. dog stuff, but this is the episode where it happens and we could have had so much more. The whole idea of what Bojack might have done, making these offbeat comedies for a particular audience mm-hmm. could have been a whole season. Yeah, Instead, it totally. just sort of just dip our toe in before we step out into something that's much more important. What was your favourite episode, Damask? Go and cheer a little bit. Oh, here we go. Yep. Um, for me, it's got to be the final two episodes. So, for me, they're paired. Um, the first one, so the penultimate was so massively done and so affecting. I felt panicked the entire episode, mm-hmm. but it also felt right. Um, but then also to couple that with the next and to up the ante and like – not in, you know, huge stakes, but up the ante and like, oh, this this really is how it should end. Um, you know, the fact that he has to keep living and being the world. Um, yeah, it was it was those two together, I think, just really knocked me out and then brought me back to life. <laughs> um, it was like fucking hell. But once again, I gotta give a shout out to episode ten for good damage, which is uh Diane's episode of her writing and that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. What about you, bro? For a long time, Good Damage was my favorite episode right yep. up until the endings. Um, I'm going to say my favorite episode, I'm not going to cheat for once, <laughs> is episode 15, The View from Halfway Down. Mm. Favorite is a very interesting word to use about it, but I yeah. do think it might be the show at its, again, best is an interesting word, but the show showing how powerful it can be from Mm -hmm. writing to performance to imagery. It's fucking got it all. The effect it had on me, and I think anyone who was watching it, it's undeniable. And it's really the climax. Like as much as the end, the last episode is kind of the epilogue or the final word, the full stop, Mm. the the show crescendos here. Mm -hmm. And for that is my favorite episode of the season and possibly my favorite episode of the entire run. Uh, just before we wrap up, we'll do this quickly as well. Just some general thoughts on the series as a whole. Do mm-hmm. you have any particular highlights of the show that you look back on fondly? I think of things like the underwater episode that is just 
without or virtually no dialogue. I think it's until the very, very end of that. Um, it's just incredible visual storytelling, great work of animation. I also think of the uh, the antithesis of that episode, Free Burrito, uh, which is just Will Arnett first in a short scene before the opening credits mm. where he's playing Bojack's dad in the car, having conversation with him, and then finally him giving the eulogy at his mother's yeah. funeral. That's amazing. An incredible episode, a incredible piece of writing and performance. Uh, less the animation than that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, a great, great example of what this show was able to do and how daring it was willing to be. Yeah. I think, like, obviously, as the listeners know, my memory is terrible. So, recalling certain things is not, a, not you know, an asset of mine. But, you know, I totally agree with those two episodes. Fucking hell. Like, particularly the underwater one made me go, oh, this might be something really special. Mm-hmm. Um. And the free burrito, that was the eulogy one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking just masterful. Like, I was so engaged mm-hmm. by a cartoon just just talking at me, just monologuing at me in the most basic of, like, visually basic ways. And it was engaging. And I think Will Arnett's performance over all six seasons has been incredible. Mm-hmm. This cast... Fucking knocked it out of the park every year. Certain performances don't love. But overall, like, what an incredible team. Like, this show really is probably one of the best shows I've watched in 15 years ever. I don't know. Like, it's fucking great. And I stand by, I don't know, because we brought this up earlier. Like, I think this is a five-star show. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. The other thing I wanted to talk about was... Uh, characters that I loved. Uh, Bojack is never a character I loved, but Todd. he was a fascinating character. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, I think Diane, The something that will always plague the show is Alison Brie's casting of that character, but I think the character Diane is 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 excellent. I know she's not a lot of people's favourites. Which is insane to me. But, but sure. I, I really like Diane because flaws and all, I think she's an interesting and very real and relatable person in a lot mm. of ways. I think Princess Carolyn and the way they build her into an amazing character and mm. some of my favourite episodes and stories are around her. Yeah, I think like, you know, midway in the run, they like really take her to the next level. Yeah. I don't think she reached her full potential of what the character could be. But I think like, yeah, along the way, they definitely gave her – a. She made, they made her a lot more dynamic than she first appeared to be. Totally. I think they just had to cut her story short they is the did, problem. They did, yeah. But it, they were really getting things moving when they're like examining. Like, Remember that episode that starts with her- They're in the sub- restaurant, that one? Uh, that's an amazing yeah, one. Yeah, it is. The one where her daughter in the f- or granddaughter in the future is telling a story about how she came <gasps> yeah, to be. Yeah, I forgot but about that. That yeah. character never existed and mm. like the, the reality of her decision she was making around pregnancy and so mm. forth and like- there's a lot of stuff there. Um, I really loved Princess Caroline. I think she's one of the best parts of the show by the end of it. Just what you hearing you describe that, this show is insane. It is, right? <laughs> st- Her granddaughter was describing it, but obviously that character never existed. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking nuts, yeah. Um, at the end of season two, the stuff that happens with Bojack when he goes to visit Charlotte, mm-hmm. that's really the moment that... The turning point. The turning point for mm. me, the tragedy, the fucking tragedy of Sarah Lynn... Like I'll never get over it. Yeah, yeah. There is so mm. much to think back and on. And Kristen Scholl's performance, Sarah yeah. Lynn. 
She always brings next it. Next level. Sure. She is. She's incredible. Um, I desperately look forward to rewatching this show, um, mm. having understanding where it's going as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Final score for the whole series out of five. Five. Vasquez is giving it a five. Five out She's, of five. Out of five. I give it five billion. So explain that. We've never given it anything more than a 4.5 at most yep. until you gave this last half a season a five. Well, I never got a five because of Todd. But this is more than some of its Todd's. You know? <laughs> Put that on a shirt. It's <laughs> It's so much more than that. Like... What this show has given me, the journey it has taken me on, like this is one of the most affecting shows I've ever watched. It's spoken to my fucking soul, man. Mm-hmm. And it's I, all I do all day, every day is just recommend, have you seen BoJack? Have you seen BoJack? It's, it's like when you are in such a dark place, mm. oh my God, it speaks to you. When you're out of that dark place and – in a beacon of hope, fuck it speaks like, oh, I've been there. I see scene no matter what. Like, it's fucking great. This show is so fucking good. Everyone should watch it. I don't know what else to tell you. Every, like, it's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing, Brad. Brad, it's fucking amazing. Okay. Is that enough? So. <clears throat> oh, here we go. I, oh, God, I'm going to fight Brad physically and you can hear it. <laughs> I'm giving it. No. I was giving it a 4.5 out of 5. Mm. My reasoning being... Todd. My reasoning being <laughs> that as much as this show does exceptional, there is one glaring huge weakness in it for me, and that is that Todd has never, ever appealed to me. Really, there's been moments, some moments that have made me laugh, but really he's felt so much less than pretty mm. much everything else is going on this show. I could make the argument that they don't sort of land things with Mr. Peanut Butter and that sort of stuff. Mm. stuff. But... You know what, Damask? Mm. You convinced me. Oh, good. Not this show is more than the sum of its Todd's <laughs> was actually such profound and accurate <laughs> statement that I agree with you. Oh, good. That I'm glad. This, that makes me happy. It's hard not to be... It, it, it is an exemplary show. Mm. It, is it is unparalleled. In so many ways, so funny, mm-hmm. so true, so well written, so well crafted. Starts off a little bumpy, and then once the ball gets rolling, it is. Oh, it's unmatched. rolling! Yeah, everyone should watch it. Yes, it is a five out of five show. Woo! Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. You can find me on Twitter at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Next week. Mm. Um, Surprise me. What are we doing? I would like to do Doctor Who season 12 oh. or whatever we're up to. Yeah. The latest the season newest? of Doctor Who, yeah. Jodie Whittaker's second season. It will be finishing this weekend. And so all should be available here in Australia to watch on ABC iView. Mm-hmm. Are you okay doing that? Sure. Excellent. So That's we'll fine. be back in a week's time uh, to discuss Doctor Who season 12. In the meantime, Thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. Absolutely.